is the last coffee house and this is the x-men extravaganza we just had a new x-men movie come out it's called dark phoenix and i watched all of the other x-men movies i hadn't seen several so i just wanted to talk hopefully it's a delight i turned on the like trailers uh, there's a trailer playlist so i'm watching all the trailers so i can get reminded of all this stuff i just wanted to talk about them it was fun going back through them all it's amazing the wide range <laughs> of ability, storytelling, acting, all the all the skills that are related to filmmaking. It's amazing the range that goes on in these X-Men movies. And obviously the first the first X-Men directed by Brian Singer, they were unbelievably lucky in the casting when it comes to having found Hugh Jackman to play Wolverine. I remember I watched the cartoon like crazy and I thought there's no way they're going to find a legitimate person to play Wolverine. It's just not going to happen. And Hugh Jackman, I remember seeing him for the first time ever on screen as Wolverine, I was like, oh, well, this might be might be alright. And then, oh my gosh, he's amazing. This is incredible. Not only that, but we got Patrick Stewart, who's fantastic, Professor X, and even What's-His-Dude, who's always the cuck one. <laughs> who plays Cyclops. Even him, he's well-casted, good actor, not spectacular or anything, but he does, I mean, he does well in this. He's had a good career. And then we've got Sir Ian McKellen, are you kidding me? That guy's incredible. So when it comes to the first X-Men, it's like, it's quality. They've got this, at the center of it, the, the heart of it, the thing that I love seeing again was the relationship between Wolverine and Rogue. That was such a great centerpiece, heart of the movie kind of a thing. And they established Smoke so what is it? It's Magneto's got an interest in he wants Rogue so that he can give everybody mutant powers because he puts her in this machine like amplifies because she can take other people's powers or something like that. And he wants to make other people into mutants. He does that with a senator. And we've got Mystique. <laughs> Mystique played by Rebecca Romaine Stamos. I don't know if she's still Rebecca Ro Romaine Stamos, but she is I'm sorry. She's my favorite Mystique for sure. No question. She does an excellent job She has just the right attitude I just remember she had one exchange when they're in the forest and she says something somebody says something to her And she's like we shouldn't have to or we shouldn't hide Oh, it's Nightcrawler was saying so, like oh if you can why don't you just hide and she's like what we shouldn't have to and it, <laughs> it Was beautiful. I love that moment and then she goes and turns into like four people on top of Wolverine. And Jean Grey, I really, even though Famke Jansen, whatever her name is, is apparently like a horrible person in real life, she does a, she's a fantastic Jean Grey. She gives it just the right balance of what her personality is versus what her powers do versus how she interacts with everybody else. It just, it's just the right balance. And I really like her. Who else? Uh, they've got, Ro yeah, Rogue, who's, uh, she's, what? She's a vampire now or something? What is she doing that show? <laughs> True Blood. Uh, she, she does a, a good job job you know she's a, a pretty good actress she's pretty decent but just seeing like Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen have excellent chemistry and I love seeing them working together and Ian McKellen himself is just fantastic I love how the the it begins just in general in the camp and how he discovers his powers and it's not taken further than that <laughs> Like it does in one of the other movies. Oh my gosh. Because that's the first one. So it's just that. And it gives you just some nice texture to give it, get an idea of his backstory. And what might be motivating him. And But it doesn't go doesn't go any more than that. You know? And Anyway. So Brian Singer. Excellent director. And one of the things he does. That I don't know that people realize the thing that he does. But he does it very deliberately. Is that he makes sure to use the location. So the location where a scene's happening. He makes sure to incorporate it in some way. Into the scene 
scene. You see it in, in definitely the, the first two X-Men movies, he does it a lot. So, like when Wolverine is talking to Ice, whatever his face is, Iceman, as part of the scene, they're in a kitchen. So as part of the scene, he goes and grabs uh, a soda, like a Coke bottle, because he was looking for a beer, but the kid's like, it's a school. <laughs> <laughs> so he said there's sodas up in the cabinet or something. What are they called? It's called a cabinet, right? So he goes and grabs one, but it's it's warm because it's just sitting up there. So he just hands it to the ice kid. It wasn't very sanitary because he like blows into it rather than just like holds it and makes it cold that way. Not ideal there, kid. Jeez. But then he hands it back to him. But that's incorporated into the scene. He opens the fridge, incorporated into the scene. Later, the one of the kids' mother, they go to the house. I forget which kid they're going to. I think it might have been Ice Man's parents. But they go to the house and the woman's drinking coffee and he makes he turns that in ice sorry it's all the ones i use here all the the guy using his ice powers on liquids on beverages <laughs> But there are other ways that he incorporates the location into what's happening in the scene. And that gives it a groundedness. That makes it feel like you're more in the movie and more connected to the characters. That's one of the things in the most recent, what's it stupid? Game of Thrones and the most recent one of those. Look at how often the scenes where they're just talking could be anywhere. It doesn't have anything to do with whatever the actual location is. And you see that in a lot of terrible movies. They just, in their brain, they're not thinking that complexly about what's going on so they just want to say okay well they need to be talking so this room or that room or that place or this other place and all they do is have a conversation about whatever they're having a conversation about nothing about the the setting or anything actually comes into it or affects it or anything like that so definitely kudos to brian singer for being able to do that so consistently incorporate the setting into the actual scene and the dialogue and the way the characters interact and react and, and all that one thing about the first one though i did the it was made in 2000 so this was 19 years ago. <laughs> But the effects don't age super well, like the tongue flicking from the guy. I'm not, that wasn't like a lesbian scene or anything. It was a, it was the frog guy when he's flicking his tongue out and it doesn't look quite right <laughs> how that works. Some of the, the action scenes are pretty good, but not super great. I really like the scene with Wolverine fighting Mystique. Uh, that was quality. And they establish, so just keep in mind these things that are established now is that the conflict between Magneto and the other X-Men, the conflict based on he doesn't trust people and they do and the fear of mutants thing being a, a big motif around it and the the little personality conflict like mystique saying i shouldn't have to hide you know that kind of a thing so those are all established in the first movie <laughs> and you, you wonder how often they show up again oh my gosh but so overall i love like i said the center of the relationship between wolverine and rogue quality i like the little conflict between scott and wolverine and gene and the dynamic and chemistry between Magneto and Professor X. I love all those things about this movie, but overall, it's a pretty decent superhero movie. It's pretty high quality, and I think a lot of that has to do with Brian Singer. I wish I could remember more of the ways that he incorporates the setting. Maybe it'll come up as we go along, but it definitely happens. And then we get to the second one, X2, X-Men United. Isn't that, one that one, what that one's called? It's got most of the same characters, also directed by Brian Singer. What is the conflict in this? What is the setup? Oh, we've got, so Ian McKellen is is in prison. Yes, it's all a plastic prison. Looks fantastic. And he's still meeting with Charles, so they still have their relationships. But they still talk about the issues of mutants and all that. Oh, this is the one with Stryker, isn't it? So Stryker hits the school. And I like... I can't remember the guy's name. He was in Matchpoint 2 as the father. <laughs> 
That's a good reference for him. I think he was in the Bourne movies too. He's a very good actor. He does a great job as Stryker in this, but this is more Wolverine finding out some of his backstory. Oh, it's got that one woman who does the, she's like a female version of Wolverine where she has superpowers, uh, but Stryker uses little, the liquid stuff he pours in the back of their neck to make them docile or work for him or whatever. He does that with Scott at some point. He takes Scott, doesn't he? And he does that with the chick who's like Wolverine and and eventually Magneto gets out at some point. I forget if he enacts something. No, he doesn't enact a plot or anything, right? He just gets out and then... But Stryker, like, needs something. <laughs> He's trying to do something. I can't remember all the details. Uh, but Stryker's trying to do something. But this one's still good. I remember them going to the, they go to like the dam at the end. Oh no, this is the one where they go to the house of the frozen kid and he freezes the, the coffee. It wasn't the last one. What am I saying? Jeez. Uh, and then his brother, the little dickhead, calls the police. What a terrible person. I really like the, it's like when Magneto was dealing with the police. Doesn't he turn all the guns on everybody or something like that? Oh yeah, there's the opening scene where he freezes everything when they're at the museum that was awesome and they've got some more mutants with powers they've got like the colossus guy who just makes his skin all impenetrable or something and they've got nightcrawler nightcrawler tries to assassinate the president because he has some of the liquid stuff and that scene looked awesome a lot of really good scenes in this and i think the effects held up significantly better in this one and i like the little kids you know using their powers to little effect it's it's a nice balance you know to have was it actually x-men 2 that had this them in the I might have mixed up <laughs> First and second one. I'm sorry about that. Because that might have been when they were in the forest as well. I, I can't remember. But even in... Okay, so when it comes to the use of the setting. So it's got like... Like I said, I watched all of these. I didn't come and record these in between. So I'm trying to remember everything. And they have like the... He finally defeats her by putting her in this vat thing. And, and she gets drowned in that. Magneto, he... She... Uh, Rebecca Romaine seduces the guard. And injects him with some metal. <laughs> so that Magneto could use it to escape. That was awesome. I love that. There are a lot of great moments in this one. I wish I could remember everything from the first one now. What am I... What am I missing? But the second one, like I said, a lot of great moments, still a lot of the same characters and similar dynamics from what I remember. I just, there are a lot of very good moments that I enjoy. The end of it is when, what's her name, Jean Grey goes into all Phoenix mode and kills herself to save everybody else because the like dam broke, I think it was, and there's a big wave coming. And so to be able to hold that back, she has to go Super Saiyan and she turns into the Phoenix and everybody gets away in the plane, but they're all super sad. And it's a Great little, great little moment. Great moment. I like it. I'm re-watching the trailer to the first one because I don't remember. But we get introduced to the school. We get Cerebro. And there's, oh, the legislation. So there's like anti-mutant legislation. Uh, and then Mystique becomes the, what's it called? The senator who gets turned into a mutant but dies. Oh, and Wolverine does that thing where he wakes up and stabs Rogue. So that's a great little moment. And then she takes his powers to be able to heal. And he's got, so you've got that idea of him being afraid of hurting the people he loves kind of a thing. Not to say that it's it's at that point by then. But. And Rogue's trying to run away because she doesn't want to be a mutant anymore, so she's going somewhere to get cured of it. I think it, it's this one where she's doing She's running away, but I don't know where she's running, actually, because uh, that's a later one. But she's definitely running away, and Wolverine follows her, and he's like, all right, well, we're doing this together, whatever. Just all, I love their relationships. Just great stuff. Just all around quality. All around quality. I loved it. 
Okay, and X-Men 2 ends with, like I said, Jean Grey turning into the Phoenix, saving everybody but dying and everybody being super sad as a result of that. So then we get to The Last Stand, X-Men 3, The Last Stand. This one was not directed by Brian Singer. I think he went off to do Superman Returns, which I was not a big fan of. But he X3 comes out and this was like everybody's super sad about losing Jean. But they do, they have the, 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 uh, the training thing and we get to see Wolverine get tossed by Colossus guy and cut off one of the Sentinel heads are they in a forest again maybe it was just this time in the forest oh that's when he's like recruiting magneto's recruiting oh then we have juno she shows up and and does some other stuff she can walk through walls or something right yeah she can do go through walls and she's the love interest of Iceman, which makes rogue want to go lose her powers so they can bang but jean gray yeah she becomes a phoenix this movie's absolutely horrendous by the way it's uh it's unbalanced doesn't make a whole lot of sense it's oh and most of the like the way they get from plot point to plot point where it felt organic organic in one and two in this one it's all completely artificial it doesn't make any sense how they get from one to the other it did look cool when he moved the whole san francisco golden gate bridge deal to be able to get onto rikers or whatever it was or is it rikers or alcatraz i don't know my prisons i haven't been to many <laughs> So I, I don't know. But like I said, it's it's got really artificial plot development points where it's like the way they're connected and the way they get from one place to another plot wise, just it doesn't make any sense. I know Scott Cyclops goes to the place where Jean died and Jean pops out and then <laughs> she her kissing ability is so incredible. He explodes. So then she goes back and then trying to figure out what's going on with her. But she like gets out and f starts going nuts, starts working with Magneto. I don't like this aspect of it that she... she she like works with Magneto for a little bit, but then he's like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Because she's so powerful. She kills Professor X at one point. Obviously spoilers. <laughs> in all of these. I'm just going to talk about whatever. I'm not going to care about spoilers so hopefully you've seen them by now. But I'll try to move on them in a clear progression of when they came out so you can stop there and watch it if you want to. But you've got her killing Professor X. She's just uh, all super but Wolverine is resistant to her superness. Uh, they end up on there fighting. Is this again Magneto just trying to do some crazy stuff? Oh it's oh my gosh there's that one guy so they can cure they like can shoot people with this stuff that makes people not mutants anymore. I love how that just works that easily. Like, they decoded it so well they can just shoot people with a green liquid and it makes them not mutants. Uh, but, like, there's this unceremonious mystique moment where she just accidentally defending, not Iron Man, Magneto, <laughs> defending Magneto. She gets shot with one of those things and turns into a, a normal person, doesn't have her powers anymore, and he's like, oh, she was so beautiful. Sorry, see you later, my dear. And that's the end of her. Sorry. <laughs> like, well, that was great. I mean, she was pretty significant throughout, and now she's just not anymore, and she's laying naked on the back of a truck after she sprung him, or, or something like that, or after he sprung her. And it's got, isn't it Ben Foster playing some kind of an angel person who has no relevance to anything? It's just like, he swoops in and saves uh, his father at one point. Like, he flees at the beginning, goes to the school, has virtually nothing to do for the whole movie, and then swoops in and saves his father at the end when he gets thrown out of a window. He's like, wow, that was, I think it was Ben Foster. He's fantastic, by the way. I love Ben Foster. But it, he had a totally pointless character. There's nothing to it. And I can't remember all the plot ligaments that I want to point out how incredibly stupid they are, but they're really, really stupid. The way it progresses is really stupid. The way they get from point A to point B to point C is really bad. And it doesn't incorporate settings. The dialogue is bleh. Wolverine's still Wolverine, and everybody tries to do their best, but the writing is just not good at this point. And Rogue, yeah, she goes 
does and just gets her powers, you know, gets them removed and then goes and touches Iceman's hand at the end. What a horrible, stupid way for her character arc to end. It's like, no, you def definitely need to change for your high school boyfriend. <laughs> Like, are you kidding me? Uh, that's fundamentally you. That should be the whole structure of the whole thing. And even Wolverine was like, you shouldn't be doing this for some boy. That's just stupid. And she's like, oh, whatever. I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, that was stupid. Uh, that was X-Men 3. Nobody needs to ever see it. Just, <laughs> just delete it from history. Who was it? Was it Brett Ratner or some nonsense who directed it? I don't know, but he's terrible. So that was X3, X-Men United. Came out in 2006. Was X-Men Origins Wolverine right after this? I think it was. And it is the worst X-Men movie. I'm not sure how anybody could just, you know, not be absolutely personally offended and physically assaulted by the existence of this movie. <laughs> This is absolutely horrible. It's so terrible. Everything beginning and end, top to bottom, is just some of the worst things I've ever seen in my life about anything. It's got Stryker again. It's just Wolverine. It's about his origin. He starts out as a kid, and he's like, what was it? It was like his brother, who is, what, Sabretooth or whatever, played by Lee Schreiber, kills their father, who, uh, who wasn't really their father, and then... Or no, like their real father kills their fake father, <laughs> and then... Wolverine kills their real father or some nonsense like that. So then it's got a montage of them being in every war for some reason. Like they're in <laughs> the Revolutionary War, then the Civil War, World War One, World War Two, Vietnam. They're just going through all of them. All right. And there's this whole like Sabretooth is just mad that Wolverine leaves at some point. Oh, he does a walking away from the stupid helicopter after sparking a, the fuel to blow it up thing. Oh my gosh. And I do, they need to stop. I know it doesn't matter anymore, but they need to not have little kids yelling and using their powers. They really need to not have that. It always looks so hokey and stupid. They have uh, the one guy who is like just a blob and he doesn't like being called a blob and that's his superpower that he's really fat. And they box each other. Oh my gosh, so many bad things. Wolverine flies, jumps onto a helicopter. <laughs> but he's constantly fighting friggin' Sabretooth for no reason because they can't kill each other. Uh, Sabretooth wants, uh, he wants the adamantium too because Wolverine got it from Stryker and, and Sabretooth didn't get it. And it goes through that whole process of him getting that and they have this whole dramatic scene where it's like, No, but his blood pressure's spiking. Oh my gosh, he's not gonna survive it. And it's, are you really trying to wrench drama from this? Obviously, it's, he's fine. He's perfectly fine. He's going to be fine. It's not just because he's the protagonist of the movie it's because we've seen him in the future several times already so whatever that was so stupid but it's got a guy in this one the different mutants is like a guy who shoots really well <laughs> It's like, all right. And there's, uh, what was it, Wyclef Jean or something? What does he do? He can, like, teleport or disappear or something? And then there's, is this the one with Deadpool? Yeah, we're not Ryan Adams. We're, we're Ryan Reynolds is playing some guy with swords. He's really good with swords. And it's got Gambit, but Ryan Reynolds turns into Deadpool at the end because Stryker's trying to make Deadpool. And Deadpool has a whole bunch of different abilities. Oh, and it has the thing where Wolverine ends up at a at some random person's place who's nice to him who gets killed. And I hate to point out this <laughs> cliche. I, it's really annoying. It's It really happens in a stupid way too. But it's really annoying, this cliche. and But it happens again in one of the best, not one of the, definitely the best X-Men movies 
movie, period, which is really frustrating. But still, I have to point it out, it's a cliche, like an older guy that he goes and hangs out with who gets killed. So anyway, they just fight Sabretooth and, and Wolverine fight Deadpool at the end and they eventually win. There you go, done, whatever. It's absolutely horrendous, terrible movie. Nobody should ever see it, it's worse than X-Men 3. What's the next one? All right, moving right along, the next one is... X-Men First Class. It, I had high, I had never seen it before. I had high expectations. It's actually pretty terrible. It's not a very good movie in general. It's got decent performances from What's His Dude from Atonement and Michael Fassbender, I think, is Magneto. You know, I think he does a pretty decent job and so does What's His Name. I think they have pretty good chemistry. It's not like Ian McKellen and Professor X, but they have pretty good chemistry. Oh yeah, they're a bunch of, they're like going around finding new <laughs> mutants all over the place. Isn't this when, oh my gosh, the way they write this is Mystique and Charles were best friends, like they grew up together and they're best friends. I hate this retconning. I don't like it at all. I don't know if it's canon, like it's part of the comics, but I don't like this egocentric centralization of the locus of the characters. So it's like, they know because they've got Jennifer Lawrence's Mystique, they have to give her more screen time. They have to give her more to do. Uh, and how to give her more to do since, uh, since Professor X is like the heart of the movie, just attach her to him and say, yeah, fine, there you go. And she goes through a whole thing where she's like, there's Beast? And I actually like this guy's Beast. I think he's fine. I think he's a fine actor. And I think Beast is a fine character, actually. But they go through this whole thing of her saying, oh, I don't want to look like a monster, so I look like Jennifer Lawrence all the time, even though I think it was like, it was because Jennifer Lawrence didn't like putting on the makeup, so she wanted to be Jennifer Lawrence as much as possible. But her arc is to say that, oh no, I, you know, I should be able to look however I want to look. So even if I want to have blue paint, she looks horrendous in the paint in this. I kind of understand. She looks much better in the next one and the one after that. But she looks horrendous in this one with the makeup on for Mystique. Oh, it's, it's hideous. So I, I definitely understand. But this one is like they're friends and they're growing up and they're going to school together. They just hang out and, and she's like jealous of him flirting with some random girl. And I think that girl was pretty hot if I recall correctly. But she's flirting with, he's flirting with some random girl and she like shows her powers. He's like, you can't show your powers. This is crazy talk. And they're going through all that nonsense and who cares? <laughs> I just didn't give a flying and then Michael Fassbender's Magneto is doing something. They have an SR-71A Blackbird, no way. And Beast is trying to, like he develops this whole thing. He has a kind of a thing with Jennifer Lawrence for a little bit, but uh, he's developing a thing to make it so they don't look like they're mutants anymore. They still have their powers, but they don't look like it. And Magneto's talking to Mystique like, you don't have to do that. You can look, you're beautiful when you, you know, look like whatever, which is pretty standard Magneto stuff uh, because she's like, oh, thanks for... <laughs> You know, supporting my self-esteem. Let's have sex. Uh, instead of with Beast. And they find the extra, the new ones, which are terrible. There's one who's just like, she has butterfly wings or something, or fairy wings or something, and she's horrible. And there's a guy who, first he's like throwing scythe kind of things, uh, you know, out of his arms, uh, power deals, and then he can learn how to just shoot it out of his chest, which is just Cyclops, <laughs> you know, except it's out of your chest. So you don't have to worry about opening your eyes or not. Uh, so, okay. You know, there's that guy. Then there's another guy who, like, has gills. And that's pretty pointless. There's a guy who... What's the other one? 
I don't know, but I remember there's like a there's a moment. All this is as generic as it can be. It's like okay, well we've got these new people. What do they do? And they're at a school, so they just hang out and like joke and stuff for hours, whatever. It was so stupid, and I really hated that part when they're all just hanging out. Like, what's your power? Oh, what's your power? And it's just it was so stupid. It was the least creative way to go through any of that. I hate how it was shot. I hate how it looked. I hate everything about it. It wasn't as bad as like Origins Wolverine or X-Men 3. It wasn't that bad, but it's still it was terrible. I do like I mean the color palette is fine. Like I said, the acting is pretty decent from the, the main characters. And the historical setting was pretty cool. Like it looked pretty good. The what was it? The missile crisis? Is that what this one is about? Or is that the other one? Is this the one with Kevin Bacon in it? Which I kind of love Kevin Bacon in it, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. I think he's fantastic. Uh it might be in, in the next one, the one that's actually good. Is it the actually good. Days of Future Past? No, that one doesn't have Kevin Bacon, does it? I don't remember. Why don't I remember this stuff? But anyway, I remember Magneto, like, lifts up the submarine, but that's all the stuff that's going on. Oh, it's got the flying guy. Oh, and yes, this one is the one with Kevin Bacon in it, for sure. Yes, it is. And it's got the woman from Mad Men, and I think she's fine. She's not... I don't know if she's actually much of an actress, honestly. I think she she did a good job in Mad Men, but in this, I don't know if she has much to do. She just turns into a diamond person, which is a little... Like, she's a blonde and pretty girl, and she can turn into a diamond. It's a little, I don't know, questionable. I hate the word problematic. I'm gonna try never to use that ever again, uh, but I'll call it questionable. <laughs> Making the woman be able to turn into a diamond. Uh, but Kevin Bacon is awesome. He can, like, absorb powers. He's the villain, and he, like, absorbs powers. Uh, they do that thing again where they have to make everything, like, directly related. So Kevin Bacon turns out to be the one who, like, he killed Magneto's mother. So that's why Magneto has to kill him. So stupid and childish. God, what a dumb freaking conflict to put between them. It's like, as a kid, you killed my mother because you wanted to see me use my powers. So therefore... And it wasn't done well either that could have been written well where it's like well if you if you have these powers you know it's like witches if you don't drown then you're a witch but if you have these powers stop this bullet from hitting your mother and then he does it you know and then it's like okay well you do have these powers. that would have been much more interesting but instead it was like and again it had this stupid kid it was magneto kid who's like yelling using his powers like ah and it just looks stupid it looks so stupid there are good child actors i don't know why they can't find him for this nonsense it was horrendous uh but kevin bacon was amazing <laughs> he was so good because he just absorbed powers and then could use it to like attack people or something like that So like he threw a grenade at him or something He'd be able to absorb it the energy from the grenade and then then blast you with it It was it was awesome, and I I just really liked him a lot So what was the other guy? There's a guy that like disappeared and there was another guy who did something else uh, Coming up with powers for these people. has got to be difficult. I did not like any of the powers in this one I thought they were really stupid. There was a guy who like flies and shoots sound sonic booms out of his mouth or something and the guy who shoots out of his chest and uh they've got john f kennedy <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. Like I said, oh, it's Moira. I hate saying that name so much. Moira. It's got her in it, and she's fine. But they end up on a beach, and they're all fighting each other, and they win between the different mutants, and then the people want to try killing them, but it creates this whole new story about mutants. What What am I talking about? So X-Men, yeah. So that was first class. I'm not a super fan of this one. I thought it was stupid. But I'm going to call that the end of part one so that I can split these up because this is going a while. <laughs> This is, I didn't realize. Probably gonna cut a lot of this out, but uh, this was going a while. So I'm gonna go ahead and uh, shut it down right here. All right, thanks.